listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we're going to be discussing bloat in dogs, aren't we, Glenn? Yes, horrible thing. Yeah, it is actually. My brother's dog had bloat, and I know it was a middle of the night rush to the vet. So it is, it's actually a very life threatening condition. Yep, always life threatening. Yeah, there is no other option. You need yeah. to get them to the vet and absolutely immediately. There's not many really time critical, fatal yes, that's right. problems that occur. Um, unfortunately, this is certainly one of them. Yes, it yeah. really is. Like, as a matter of what? Minutes, I guess. I was within hours there. Yeah, I mean, basically normal, no troubles. Now, thirty to forty minutes later, potentially losing consciousness. Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually really scary to witness if mm. you happen to see it, and I guess even worse is that you can not be home when it happens. Yeah. So, so you might be asking, what's bloat? So, it is essentially a swelling of the stomach. Correct. Um, so our dogs, you know, have got they're like humans, one stomach. Correct. Not like a cow with four stomachs, which yep. cows have bloat too. They but. get they get bloat for different reasons, yes. <laughs> but so we have dogs have one stomach. That one stomach swells up and causes problems, and then you can get a variation where there's a twist that happens. Yep. Um, so this, I mean, the stomach actually twists. Correct. So cutting off blood supply, to blood the supply the to it and from it, and also the in. Um, root and the out root for fluid and gas, etc. Yeah. So that's the part that's called gastric dilation volvulus. Yeah. So do, so bloat, a uh, colloquial term for yeah gastric dilation and volvulus. Yes. So dilation is just expansion and, and um, swelling or bloat uh-huh. of the stomach. So the stomach just gets bigger and filled up with gas or fluid or both. Um, and the volvulus is just the way the anatomy of the stomach works. Um, it's anchor points through blood uh-huh. vessels and the connective tissue that holds in place um, when it expands larger than it should be you get this twisting effect happening and yep. um they talk about degrees of rotation you can rotate through 90 degrees or 180 or mm-hmm. 270 or 360 um not much more than that um yep. and that uh, twisting action yeah starts to disrupt the blood mm-hmm. vessels uh, initially the outflow of the the venous drainage so mm-hmm. this blood supply can get in but then can't get back out mm-hmm. so everything starts to swell and also the um, pylorus so the um, exit um, part and the entry mm-hmm. part of the um, the food tubes in and out basically um, get blocked off, so um, the dog can't vomit even though it would mm-hmm. like to, um, and the fluid can't get out of the stomach down into the small intestine. So anything that's in the stomach um, keeps either fermenting or mm-hmm. um, blowing up or just getting bigger and more full of fluid. Essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, just before we get too much further into it, I guess I'll just put in a little disclaimer that this is just a. General discussion, general information that may or may not be suitable for your pets. But if you ever have any concerns with regards to the health, please contact your veterinarian. Sounds like a good plan. Yep. And now we, I guess we'll continue. So as you said, the bloat, um, essentially bloat is blowing up of the stomach. Yep. And it's really quite painful for the dog. Painful um, can be quite dramatic physically because the stomach, I mean, it's, it's a fairly big organ at the best mm-hmm. of times and it's designed, um, you know, when you see your dog eat a big meal, sometimes you can see their stomach distend Expands. a little bit. Um, when it uh, gets bloat and fills up full of more and more gas, um, that expansion gets more and more prominent basically and, and it becomes quite obvious most of the time um, yeah. that you've got some um, some significant troubles going on there. And the stomach's mm-hmm. mostly up underneath the rib cage, so it's mm-hmm. not the sort of back of the belly. It's it's some people think, oh his chest's sort of big and 
it should be. And, and it's sort of is his chest because his ribs are expanding, yep. but it's not actually within the chest cavity. Um, it's the, the stomach's back in behind the um, the diaphragm, etc. but the, the stomach's getting bigger and blowing those ribs out. Yep. Yeah. So the dilation, um, which is the, the bloat sort of things, that can happen independently to um, the twisting sometimes mm-hmm. if you're lucky. Sometimes they just dilate, um, but the volvules, that twisting um, sets in um, effect a cascade of um, major, major troubles. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we've mentioned, I guess, the biggest thing that we should discuss are the symptoms because those signs, because it is such a, like, life-threatening, really fast thing. It goes downhill really, really quickly. So you really need to be on top of it. It's not something where you go, oh, my dog looks a little bit blown up today, and then you walk away from it. Absolutely not. So... The other signs, I guess, we the most obvious is that distended big abdomen. Yep. But then there's things like their heart rate goes up. They're in pain. So there's those pain signs, I guess. Yeah, pain. Um, heart rate and... And I mean, it can get quite painful pretty quickly. So sometimes they're they're you know moaning and groaning and and um you know up and down and uncomfortable in that yes, way. Restless. And sometimes they're just you know I'm in so much pain I'm just lying here. Um and there's nothing yeah. else. And and I've had a few um cases where people thought that the dog was you know asleep or just feeling a bit sick mm-hmm. and had a really big belly and it was you know lying on its side yeah. um, because it couldn't do anything else except lying on its side. Yeah. Um and um and that didn't end very well. Mm-hmm. The um the other symptoms certainly they get the rapid breath which comes with the rapid breath with pain. And also just compression of the diaphragm, like as that stomach yeah, gets big enough, it, it push, it's pushing up on the lungs and reducing their their respiratory capacity. Yeah. Um, and it starts to affect their blood pressure and their blood mm-hmm. volume uh, because of the pressure on the, um, the of the stomach on the other organs and on the main blood vessels mm-hmm. that are um, that are draining from the rest of the body. So the the veins that drain the back end of the body have got to get past the stomach mm-hmm. to get that blood back to the heart. So you get pooling and and they get this um, volume shock problem where mm-hmm. they're not getting enough blood back to the heart. And I suppose initially, um, sometimes they they have a, like a you know, a gagging, retching yeah. sort of um, episode where they're not actually bringing anything up um, no. because it just sounds like they want sounds to. like they want to, but it's non productive. Like mm-hmm. they can't get anything up, and and you know some people, you know, a cough can sometimes sound like that, or mm-hmm. or you know, vomiting and not having anything yeah. to actually bring up out of the stomach can sort of look similar. So they're all a little bit non specific mm-hmm. sometimes. So I mean, if your dog is uncomfortable or um, you know gagging or vomiting um, mm. unproductively or if it's productively I mean that's still a problem in another yeah. way um, and obviously distension of the abdomen yeah. um, is, is a major problem and I guess there's the abdomen pain obviously they get painful around the area they can well, yeah. yeah I mean painful to touch there but mm. I mean sometimes it's sometimes it's not as obvious as you think it would be mm-hmm. um, and we should talk about like breed wise what mm. there are particular types of dogs um, particularly deep chested dogs um, that are more prone to bloat yes. and I've seen cases where the because they've got such a deep chest, like the stomach can be rotated around and it's not that full of gas and, and there's not that much rib distension because they've got such a deep chest and there's so much room in there sort of okay, thing. Yeah. Um, so certainly breed predisposition-wise, I mean, any of your large um, deep-chested breed mm-hmm. dogs, they're certainly Great Danes, are, are diabolical yes. wolfhounds and those large yep. um, dogs like that, um, greyhounds and salukis and afghans, those sort of um, sighthounds have got a pretty deep chest there. Um, Weimaraners are pretty common, um, pr- commonly implicated. Um, German Shepherds German are certainly diabolical. Um, this seems to be maybe 
a structural and maybe genetic um, problem there with some um, weakness of some of the connective mm. tissue of German Shepherds because they're just so prone to it. It's interesting because my brother's had two Great Danes. One got bloat. Yep. One of the girls that works down here at Vet and Pet, um, she's got two German Shepherds. One got bloat. Yeah, so. it's, just, it's just really uncommon, really yeah. common, unfortunately. Yeah, I breeds, ran yeah. into one of our clients in the supermarket the other day and he just lost his second um, German Shepherd. He said yeah. two German Shepherds lost his second to bloat. They both had both bloat. bloat. Yeah, I mean, 10 years apart, but yeah, he oh. had one. And it bloated and then got the next one and, and it bloated and it's pretty tragic stuff. Is yeah. it a genetic – like is it something in the actual breeding line, not so much the breed? It's hard to prove, um, but, you know, structurally um, German Shepherds seem to be really prone to it um, regardless of – I mean, their structure is similar to some other breeds as well, so there's suspicion that there might be a genetic component mm-hmm. to it there as well. Um, but, yeah, essentially it's any deep-chested dog. I mean, other dogs can get it, certainly, yeah. um, but, but that deep-chested conformation seems to make them uh, more prone Definitely, yeah, and and certainly large breed dogs and, and medium sized dogs. Um, I've seen a few like little dogs, um, but more so the dilation rather than the dilation and volvulus, and that's partly to do with the the conformation of those deep chested dogs. Once you've got that expansion of the stomach, um, the, it allows the, for the room. For allows the twist. room for that twist to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. I guess the littler dogs are yeah. a bit more compact and don't have the same amount of room in that chest. Yeah, cavity. they're sort of a bit rounder yes. going through yeah. the chest rather than that you know big deep V shape like you think yeah. those um yeah large, some of the large breed dogs you know. They're, they're ten times deeper in the chest than they yeah, are wide. They definitely yeah. have that V that goes up to the yeah. hind quarters. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. so that's just um, yeah, it's just a, a conformational problem, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So on that, I mean, pol- well known that police dogs are generally a German Shepherd. So yep. um, clearly, they'd be coming in contact with this. So there must have there must be some prevention we can do. Yeah, I mean, there's look, there's a surgical prevention, and that sort of comes in. I mean, post. Um, uh, if your dog's had GDV, it would most likely, if it went to surgery, have had um, a gastric plexi done. Um, so is that the stapling? Stapling or, or uh, uh, there's a couple of different surgical techniques uh-huh. you use um, to attach, basically cause scar tissue of some sort um, against the chest wall that, well, I want to say the chest wall, the inside of the rib cage, yes. so where the yeah. stomach sits, you're actually putting it um, on the inside of the rib cage, just where the ribs yeah. um, become the abdomen, essentially, um, and that's where you're attaching the stomach, so it doesn't stop it getting bigger and yeah, dilating, right. um, but it stops that potentially fatal twisting side of things. So, yeah, there's a, a bit of a push and has been for a while um, in uh, certainly specialist surgeons' hands um, and also I know some um, police dog mm-hmm. um, units are um, doing preventative, you know, early-in-life mm-hmm. gastroplexies um, with mm-hmm. dogs and some um, surgeons will recommend that, okay, if your dog's getting dissex and they're already having an anaesthetic in a surgical mm-hmm. procedure, yeah, particularly yeah. females because you're already in the abdomen, yes. um, to do a gastroplexy um, yep. while the pet's healthy because it's such a high incidence of, of problems like um, mm. there's some studies suggesting like Great Danes there's a one in four chance in mm. its lifetime that it's going to get a GDV which and is I a fatal trouble guess yeah. when they actually are going at the time of the um, bloat like in the middle of the condition as such it's um, much harder to do a surgery on them then because you're already well, oh, it's, 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 it's harder if the I mean it depends on the um, the quality of the what's left of the stomach basically yep. once you decompress things and, right. um, and so, part of the treatment process but yeah I mean a healthy animal recovery from surgery and everything else um, and, and you know prolonging, prolonging an anaesthetic mm. um, for a um, dog that's already very unwell I mean you've, you've got to do it because you've got no option but to right. pixie that stomach because it's just going to twist back up again pretty much straight away if you don't most likely so you still need to do it but yeah if you had have pixied it as a preventative surgical procedure um, 
earlier than that and it didn't get a GDV in the first place, obviously that's a good thing, but there's you know, trade-offs with that and it's not a risk-free surgical procedure and it's not a cost-free surgical procedure, So, but it's something to you know consider. Um, certainly if you've got a large breed dog or a dog that's prone to it, probably maybe have that discussion with your vet um, you know, early on in the dog's life and, and before it has a surgical procedure like dissexing. Uh, it's yeah. just something to um, yeah, consider at least. Yeah. I guess um, something to point out though that even though they've had the surgery, they can still get bloat. Still get bloat, as in still get the dilation side of things, yep. Um, but the pexy um, should um, stop that stomach from twisting, which is which is the problem. Because the bloat itself, like the dilation of the stomach, it's... You know, it's just a gas build-up. Gas build-up. It's medically treatable, so you can knock them out and decompress the stomach mm-hmm. and get all the, the fluid out of the stomach. Um, but you don't have to go inside the abdomen and untwist the stomach. As you can imagine, it's very... Um, yeah, having to untwist that stomach is quite a difficult little process. Well, it's difficult to untwist it, but it's what damage has been done yes. because the blood supply has been cut off for a, you know, even... You know, cut off for five to ten minutes um, is, is dangerous as far as um, the the health of that tissue, and and it's not well, the stomach twisting is bad enough, but the, usually the spleen goes with it as well, and and um, the bottom end, uh, sorry, the top end of the small intestine's got the pancreas there, mm-hmm. so it's a pretty complicated, pretty important spot. Do they there. then remove the stuff that's been twisted and dies off? Um, you, you can, like, if part of the stomach has had um, its blood supply cut off yeah. when you're in there doing surgery and it doesn't look viable, like it's you yeah. know it, it doesn't come back with a nice. Um, color of, of you know, normal blood supply because tissue just can't stand being oh. oxygen deprived and, and blood vessels can't stand um, having no blood flow going through them yeah. so you get like blood clots forming in, in the actual blood vessels because of the stagnant um, blood that's just sitting in there yeah. so yeah look you can remove some of or most of the stomach if you really have to but yeah. the, the more stomach you're removing you know the worse prognosis it is and once you start chopping bits out of, of semi-healthy tissue well that's you know always at risk of not healing properly and mm-hmm. and wound breakdown and all that sort of thing so yeah it's and look there's plenty unfortunately these dogs that you get them on the table um, yeah. and decompress them and, and um, derotate that stomach and, and you haven't got a viable stomach anymore and that's you know, euthanasia on the table. It is quite a high risk of death, isn't there, once yeah, they develop it? Yeah, it is. You know, it's, and there's a multitude of problems that go along with it, so it's not just yeah. the, is the stomach viable or not. It's okay when you decompress that stomach, well, the, the toxins that have been building up in the blood and in the tissue um, that hasn't had normal blood supply, when you untwist that and hopefully the blood supply returns to it, well, then you've got this flush of endo- toxins, endotoxins yeah. that, that enter the bloodstream and, and can cause cardiac consequences while you're under anaesthetic and um, oh yeah, a multitude of different mm. troubles. So it's certainly a not risk-free surgical procedure mm. and, and, you know, it's it's certainly best done in the hands of people that have done plenty before and have got a good yeah. surgical team around them and um, I've done a few um, in the middle of the night with one person um, assisting when you're normal nearest referral surgeries 1500 well, kilometers not, away yeah, um, option, is there that's right so it's um yeah it's, it's not a small surgical undertaking mm. without risk that's for sure i know both of the dogs that i know of went to as animals um emergency which is specialists as well so they were lucky i guess that yeah. we were in um within distance to yeah. get them there within a half an hour absolutely but it was still obviously um close on that time window yeah right so it's definitely this is why we say it's definitely one of the most um dangerous <laughs> problems yeah. that they can have and something you have to act no, on just so quickly. It's nasty stuff. Yeah. Uh, what other is there, is there anything else other than a preventative surgery that we can do to help? Yeah, look, I mean, there's there's risk factors that you can reduce the risk factors. Mm-hmm. 
there's you can do everything in your power which will go through um, to try and prevent it from happening and you mm-hmm. can still have dogs that, that it happens to. Yeah. Um, so there's no – we don't know everything about the condition as far as, you know, you can do everything right um, and, still, and still have a dog that, that gets the condition. I mean, if, if you've got a dog that's prone and breed-wise or confirmation-wise to it, certainly that makes it um, – significantly you know more likely to happen um but definitely uh, i mean what causes the gas in the stomach is okay they've either got to swallow the gas for it to get there in the first place or um whatever's in the stomach produces gas to cause problems so um, producing gas i mean certainly things like um you know a large amount of um, rapidly digestible or fermentable food so i mean i've seen bloat on dogs eating half a bag of chook food or horse feed and all that sort of thing i've seen dogs that have you know they've broken into the food and um and scoffed half a bag of food yeah, so at that once. eating quickly is definitely what eating what quickly is part of it yep gobs the air in and just you know the stomach just getting full quickly yeah. um and and fuller than it should be so mm-hmm. you know some dogs haven't got great um gastronomic mm-hmm. um uh, senses of when my stomach's full and if there's food available I'm going to try and stick it in there yeah. um, and definitely dry food is a, is a potential problem as far as okay if they scoff it down and it's dry food and there's dry um, biscuit sitting in the stomach and then rehydrates, you know, and, and ab- absorbs fluid, um, saliva and gastric fluid and expands. And that expansion, you know, is, is definitely a problem because if you've got a, a stomach that's full of dry food and then it swells to one and a half times its size, yes, um, with, with water absorption, um, or water or drinking water, it's, um, you know, the stomach's going to be overfull mm-hmm. all of a sudden. So there is an implication of, okay, if you've got a breed that's susceptible to it, um, do you make sure they have smaller meals? Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that's feeding twice a day or three times a day, so reducing the, the meal size and the amount that they've got in the stomach at any time, um, definitely being diligent with not letting them, you know, gorge on anything, um, mm-hmm. whether it's their food or food that they're not supposed to eat. Um you know, I, I certainly would never recommend and don't recommend people, you know, leaving food uh, as in a, you know, a big bowl of food or three days of food oh, or, yeah. you know, open the bag or something. And, and look, some dogs can get away with it, but there's not many but get away with that without a, a, getting fat, <laughs> um, but, but B, you know, the, the risk of, of GDVs and, yeah. and, and gastro um, intestinal disorders and that sort of thing. Um, the there's a theory that dogs, um, particularly large breed dogs with you know big long necks, if they're mm-hmm. eating off the ground, do they swallow more air? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not really sure if there's ever been any clinical studies on that. But then, but the theory is if you um, elevate their food bowls or elevate where they're eating from, they swallow less um, less air, and that's, that's been a long standing recommendation. Yeah. yeah. So you just put their feed bowl on like a little coffee table, or something. coffee table, or a best of brick, Which, or just something. That's, yeah, it, that obviously as dog grows, you might like from puppy and up, you yeah. have to elevate it yeah. continually, especially with the Great Dane. But um, yeah, just so it's level with them, so their necks more almost at a straight level. Yeah, so just about elbow height, basically, yeah. um, is the is the recommendation. So wherever their elbow, yeah, their elbow height. <laughs> um, so I mean that. It's not going to do any harm, and, and we think it probably helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, type of food, how often they're eating food, um, exercise is a component in there. Yes, they say don't. You shouldn't be feeding your dog um, directly before or after having a big. Pretty much, I mean, I mean, having a big belly full of food and then running around like mm-hmm. a lunatic um, is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but they think probably also, you know, running around like a lunatic and, and exercising heavily and then ducking straight into yes. food um, probably isn't a good idea either. So just, um, yeah, just being mindful of allowing the dog some time to rest, you know, before, before and after maybe. a meal and how long, you know, how long's a piece of string. Yeah. Um, it's probably, it's probably you know, don't go for a, a, a massive run around, you know, for yeah. an hour or so after um, feeding at least would probably be a good idea and, and maybe half an hour before. but. Yep. There's no arbitrary time on that, I don't think. It's just, yeah, don't 
do a big run straight afterward mm-hmm. or before pretty much. Um, another thing that um, works to a slowing down there f- that how quickly they're eating the food. Yep. So I think like a slow feed bowl, there's a lot of them available now and they basically have – they're basically like a normal food bowl but they've got like obstructions in the bowl, yep. whether that be a big ball type thing or um, little prods coming out of the bowl, yep. well, I guess. little lumps and bumps yeah. or like the feeding mats where you can um, – Oh, scatter the food on yeah, them. Yeah, scatter the food on them. They've just got to work harder to get it. So the theory is that it just slows them down and, mm-hmm. and then and some dogs – Less dog, air getting gulped. Yeah, some dogs are just gorgeous basically yeah. and, and that's, you know, maybe more prominent in a two-dog or multiple-dog household where there's mm-hmm. some competition. Um, they Some dogs tend to eat faster if yep. they're worried that someone else is going to come along and eat, yeah. eat it for them. Um, so, yeah, so um, rate of food um, – Eating is, is certainly been implicated yes. before. Yeah. So this, that's when a slow feed bowl is yep. a pretty good idea, it, it really. Could probably be a reasonable idea. Yeah. 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 Um, so, okay, I guess, are there any more prevention sort of things that you can think um, of? I mean, I mean, probably type of food, realistically. I okay. mean, dry yep. food has been you know, more implicated, and, and um, mm-hmm. if you're reducing your meal size, well, that probably reduces the risk potentially. Um, but you could mount the. Um, Option of okay, if I'm, am I going to draw, avoid dry food? Um, so am I going to feed a you know a raw based diet or a you know, canned roll based diet, or am I going to you know hydrate the biscuits for, beforehand? So it, it um you know they're pretty swollen yeah. essentially. So you know none of those are a bad idea, that's for okay. sure. Yeah, because dry food it seems to be you know um yeah potentially a problem for these guys, which I guess makes sense because you've all seen how a, you know you accidentally drop a dog biscuit in the water bowl, how much that biscuit. Oh, absolutely, swells, yeah. Well, so. they yeah, and they just tend to inhale them. They don't tend to chew. Them no, up. they don't. And depending on the size of the biscuit, and yeah, the odd dog throws up every now and then. You yeah. just got all these, you know, whole, whole swollen biscuits in there. <laughs> they so it, <laughs> obvious, it, um, you know, it's it's fairly obvious how big that they can mm. get. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's something else to probably consider. Yep, absolutely. Especially with a dog that's probably had bloat. Oh, yeah, it, definitely if it's had bloat. But um, you know, again, if I had a great day, I'd be thinking seriously about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's a good pointer. Okay, so I guess we've sort of covered what it looks like and how we can prevent it. But um, um, obviously we've got the surgery options when they come into hospital. Yep. So that's our treatment, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you've got to diagnose that's what's going on and, you know, a big swollen belly, there's a number of different causes of big mm. swollen bellies. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, clinical signs and x-rays um, that you can tell because I've had plenty of dogs that have had, you know, lots and lots of masses of swollen intestines um, from various different reasons that, that look pretty similar because it's all blown up in there and, and some dogs have got, you know, fluid retention and, and enlarged livers and tumours and all sorts of things. So, um, but definitely a good clinical exam and, and obviously um, if they come in in a state of collapse and shock, um, yeah. it's always in the forefront of your mind if you've got a big belly in a state of shock but that could be other things as well so it's it's yeah, yeah, so get, it's get them to your vet get a diagnosis um you know on an x-ray it's plainly visible you've got this single large sack of air sitting in there um yep. that's that's um not in the right position essentially or, or is in the right position but it's just far far bigger than it should be um and that's the dilation sort of things and, and the volvulus it starts to get you know, it's in the wrong position you know the, the gas shadow um is in the wrong spot in the stomach so um from there it's filling up through all of um iv fluids to try Treat the shock and decompress them, whether that's um, sticking a large bore needle through their abdominal mm. wall with some pain relief on board to, to get some of that gas out yes. um, to take the pressure off because if it's big enough, I mean, they're struggling to breathe because they haven't got much lung capacity because of the, the amount of swelling and, and you want to try and relieve the pressure on the blood vessels, etc. first before you get them prepped or once you've got them stable, yep, straight into surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, if 
um, owners and finances and etc. allow, it's and um, and go from there. Very expensive surgery. For yeah, yeah, I mean you're going to be you know a couple of thousand dollars plus. Um, yeah, most, more. most certainly. Yeah, yeah just depending on you know where you go and the, the surgical team and, and the amount of intensive care afterwards. That's because it's I mean the surgery is one thing, but you know most of these guys are in hospital for for, mul- for multiple days, and and you know if you've got and a, it's very intensive that hospital. That's operation. right. Yeah, if, you, if you've got you know access to. Um, the best medical care that that's the way that the animal's got the best chance of having a successful outcome um yeah. but the best best medical care for multiple blood tests and blood gas and and different monitoring um devices they it all adds up pretty quickly it's, but yeah, yeah. There's, there's plenty of you know five and eight and ten thousand dollar um gdv oh, surgeries yeah. out there i know yeah. that my brother's was up over the eight grand so yeah. it's which is something that I guess you have to take into consideration before you go diving in, and that will be a discussion you'll have with you. Absolutely, and, and, and it's a hard, hard discussion sometimes because really there's no is. conservative way to treat it. Like if they've got it, okay, yeah. they need surgery. Um, there and, isn't and, another option. And there's not another option. So some things, you know, in you life you, you can wait and you can you know, try the conservative approach yeah. and, and cross your fingers and toes, but the conservative approach in, in a GDV is not going to work. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. only the one option. Unfortunately. It's a um, quite a yeah. It's something that unless you've seen it or you know someone that's had it, you've probably never actually heard of it. I guess. Yeah, quite possibly not. And I mean, it's obviously you know talked about more in if if you're in you know, breed groups and, and yeah, that's your type of dog. It's, it's probably there's more wide knowledge about yeah, it. Um, but if you're um, you know on the fringes of those or or have got a breed that you know unfortunately isn't particularly prone mm. but gets it, and obviously that's um, mm. not much help for you. Yeah, no, it's a bit of an interesting one, I think. It's just yeah, no, it's a bloody horrible thing, and yeah. you know it's it's largely confirmation based. But you know, I've had dogs that you know people have been aware of it. They've had dogs before mm. with it, and they've you know, got a raised bowl, and they're feeding the right food, and they careful with exercise, and they've you know they've done everything right, um, and the buggers still get it. Yeah, yeah, it's so pretty. Pretty terrible, really. I guess there's nothing you can do about it, Not really, yeah. yeah. But as we said, it's definitely the most important thing. If you see any of those symptoms like um, abdominal swelling, that um, restlessness, the shortness of breath, the appearance of being in pain, yeah. um, the gagging or that hacking sound that they yeah. do without bringing stuff up. And, you know, initially all those things are fairly nonspecific. Um, well, they are, but, yeah. And, but they progress quite quickly, r- quite rapidly. Um, but- you can, in a matter of... Five ten minutes, you've got an unconscious dog, can't you? Um, once they start getting infected, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's literally, you know, happy now and and it's true, you yeah. know, dying. 30, 40, 50 minutes yes. an hour later, yeah. So, and, and there's been plenty of dogs that, you know, someone certainly goes to bed at night and the, and the yeah, dog's been passed course. away for several hours, you know, in the morning. Um, and yeah, that's a difficult one if you're not there, obviously, and you yeah. can't, you can't be with them 24 7 no you um, can't you but it's if, you, if you're suspicious at all of anything um yeah, well, i would recommend ring event yeah yeah on this one this is something you definitely need to get them brushed mm. straight into someone mm. all right you got anything else to add dr glenn i think that pretty much wraps it up yeah. um but yeah hopefully you never see it basically yeah I, yeah really yeah. for your sake you never see it your um, dog's but you know things to think about you know if you've got a definitely if you've got a breed that's that's predisposed to it um those precautions like that you know they're fairly easy to take some of those they precautions and, and how much difference does it make is difficult to say but um at least you're not being, saying the precautions being, are going to stop it but. no but if it reduces the risk and reduces the chances and they're pretty low risk and, and you know a raised table or a best brick doesn't cost much that's um right. so you know the stuff that you can do there that's just you know a timing thing or or mm-hmm. um just you know splitting feeds and that sort of thing yeah. it, it, it should reduce the chances at least yeah. yeah yeah we've got some more information on the vet and pet direct um help center on blog um on bloat and then i've also written a blog um 
about my brother's dog, Junior, who experienced the bloat situation. So there's a bit of bit more information there with some with the symptoms and signs listed. And so have a read just to keep those things in the back of your mind, especially if you've got one of those um, larger breed deep chested dogs. Yep. And I think that's all we got on the topic. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>